and take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 1 tonight. Mark chapter 1, and if you have that sheet with you, uh, that's been provided for you of the four different Gospels uh, of reading the, the reading of uh, uh, the baptism of Jesus. I don't discourage you at all from turning to those other Gospels uh, while, we're, while we're here. It's just I know that some can do it faster than others. And so I want to be an aid to you to be able to see the Word of God tonight and don't want to discourage anyone as we learn from His Word. One of the probably greatest things that can haunt a believer in his or her walk with the Lord and really discourage and, and uh, keep us from identifying with Christ is insecurity. Insecurity in the Christian life. It will hinder our fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ if we're constantly thinking, oh, what are they thinking about me? And letting that dictate how we live it will hinder our walk with Jesus Christ. And insecurity can most definitely hinder our identifying with Christ uh, to the unsaved world. You don't want people to think that you're weird. You don't want to be offensive, even though the truth spoken in love will sometimes be offensive. We don't want people to think that we are Jesus freaks. We allow too often the world to dictate what we do or say. And that believer that does these things will spend much time thinking about what, about what people think about them and less time thinking about what Jesus Christ has said and done in identifying with them. He thinks to himself, that, that believer that is struggling in that insecurity, he thinks to himself, this is, this is no way to live rooted in Christ. I can't seem to get past these insecurities. But you can't seem to shake free from that insecurity. And it keeps you back from knowing what it is to witness boldly for Jesus Christ. The insecurity that keeps us back from obedience and taking steps of faith in Christ. That's insecurity. Is there any way out? That believer wonders. And the voice of the Good Shepherd says, Kindly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As a believer, you know full well that He is the way. He is the only way. In the matter of our insecurities that keep us back from the purposes of God in our life, we need to know that He is the truth. He is true. We need to affirm what is true in our life. And what better way than going to the one who is truth and going to His Word? Not only is He the truth, but He's the life. Not just any life, His life that we are called to live, and that we now live by way of his death, his burial, and his blessed resurrection. His, uh, when, we allow, when we allow Christ to do that in our life, when we allow Christ through his word to define who we are instead of the thoughts of others and, and what the world says about us, insecurity has to flee. Ephesians chapter 1 is a great chapter. If you're ever wondering 
What does the Bible say I am? How can I let the Bible define who I am in truth? Ephesians chapter 1 lists several things that the believer is in Christ. You are redeemed through his blood. You are accepted in the beloved. You are adopted. And those are just a few of the things that the Bible tells us that we are. And as we look tonight, we're going to look at a specific truth. You are, you have one who has willingly identified with you. And that his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As we looked at several weeks ago, we started with the truth that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And that God prophesied that there would be one that would come before him to pave the way. And last week we looked at the ministry of John the Baptist, how he was an arrow, a clean, clear arrow pointing to Jesus Christ in his mission, his message, and motivation. And that every believer has the task of doing the exact same thing in our, in our mission, our message, and our motivation pointing to the Son of God the Lamb of God, who can take away the sins of the world, if, if they just let him. So tonight, as we look at Mark chapter 1, let's read verses 9 through 11. As we read the baptism of Jesus Christ. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened And the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Now tonight I'm not going to get into all of the intricacies of this passage or be uh, complicated as far as uh, the proving of even that is in this passage of what mode of baptism is correct. The fact that he came up out of the water tells you all you need to know about that. That immersion is, is the mode of baptism that we believe here tonight. But I'm not going to cover that. What I want to look at tonight and what the Lord's put on my heart is the, the question, if Christ was so willingly ready and he did identify with us, he was dependent, you could put it this way, he was dependent on the Father's plan so much so that he he identified with us, should we not then be dependent on the Holy Spirit when he has called us to identify with Christ? Let's pray as we begin. Father, would you show us, even in, in our lives where we've caved to insecurities, or the American dream and American Christianity has 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 desensitized us more than we'd like to think. As American believers, we, we like to live comfortably. And identifying with you is sometimes uncomfortable. And so, God, would you show us tonight, out of your mercy and goodness for us, uh, Lord, where things need to be between us and you and our fellowship with you. And, God, we trust your word that it is quick and it is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we trust you to do the work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first thing I want to look at tonight is the significance of Christ's baptism. The significance of Jesus' baptism. At first, it confirmed the prophecy of the forerunner that, the forerunner that was sent. It confirmed the prophecy of John. Uh, 
Jesus comes to John and in verse 9 of Mark chapter 1, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. You go to the, the gospel of Mark there, whether it be you turn there or, or be it you look on your sheet there. Mark, uh, Matt, sorry, Matthew chapter 3 gives us a more detailed account. Mark and Luke are the shorter of the accounts when it comes to Christ's baptism, and, and Matthew and John give us lengthier accounts. John being one where the Apostle John actually interviewed John the Baptist. And, and it, we have his personal testimony that we'll get to in just a moment. But Matthew chapter 3, in verses 13 through 15, read, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And that word suffered uh, in, 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 in our common day English would mean allowed. He allowed him. When Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, he wasn't saying suffer as in pain. He was saying suffer as in allow them to come unto me. In Christ's baptism, he, our Lord acknowledged the di divine plan of God to have a forerunner that would prepare the way for the good news of the gospel. We read this verse a couple weeks ago, Isaiah 40, verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And that was a proclamation, a prophecy that there would be a forerunner coming that would make straight the highway for our God. So it, it, his baptism confirmed the prophecy that a forerunner would, take, would, would be on the scene and would be the one that baptized him. But not only did he confirm that in a broad, general sense for all of us to see that, that God was fulfilling Jesus in, 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 in the steps that he took was fulfilling prophecy right there, but also he confirmed prophecy personally personally to John the Baptist himself. Look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verses 29 through 34, and we find John the Baptist, whether he was interviewed by John the Apostle or someone else, we don't know. But here it seems that he is giving a witness account of what happened that day, what happened when, when Jesus was baptized. We get the account there starting in verse 29 of John chapter 1. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. And he was before me, and I knew him not. But that he should be made manifest to Israel... Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. Let's stop there for a moment. He's not saying that 
he's not saying that he didn't know Jesus. Okay, John grew up, he was the cousin of Jesus. I'm sure to some extent he knew him, but he didn't know that he was going to be the Christ. At least, at least he may not have known that he was, he was going to be the Christ. He didn't know that this was going to be the man that would step through the, the crowds and, and be the one that he baptized. But yet he says, I, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water. Who was the one that sent him? That was the father. The father told him something. The father told him this, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. I don't know what John's understanding of Jesus was, but I do know this. John had been waiting from day one. John had been waiting since he started his preaching ministry. The Father had told him, hey, this is what's going to happen. And he's waiting, and he's baptizing all this time, wondering, is, is this it? And then the Father tells him, there, there he is. And he says, behold the Lamb of God. And then he baptizes the Son of God, and, and the Spirit of God descends on him uh, as a dove and abides on him. And what an amazing sight that must have been for John. What an amazing moment that must have been that God himself would not just confirm generally to the world that he truly would fulfill all of prophecy, but that he would confirm personally in John's heart, this is what I told you. This is what you've been waiting for. It's time. He's here. The Son of God is here to redeem the world. So he confirmed the prophecy of the forerunner that was sent. He confirmed the word of God to the forerunner. And then he identified with us. Christ identified with us through his baptism. Look at Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. And here in the Gospel of Luke, again we find in more of an abbreviated account, two verses only. Honestly, you look at the book of Luke and how detailed it is and how many details Luke as a doctor includes and you wonder why this is so short, but this is, this is what he gives us. And by inspiration, he gives us a detail here. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized. I can imagine the shores filled with people that were just confessing their sin, that had just repented. And then when they came into the water, I don't know what John said, whether he said, upon your profession of faith in the Savior, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I don't know what he said. But he obviously made sure that they were repentant towards God and that they were believing on God for a Messiah, a lamb that would come, that would take away the sin of the world. John was... John was preaching the baptism of repentance, that they would be baptized by repentance, turning to God in their heart, and then be baptized with water. There was a, there was a, a he, 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 you have the shores filled with, the, lined with these people that were being baptized, 
confessing their sins. And then, after all of them are done, all of them have been baptized. Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. F.B. Meyer said this, His baptism was his formal identification with our fallen and sinful race. Though he knew no sin for himself, was he baptized because he needed to repent or confess his sins? No, certainly not. He was as pure as the bosom of God from which he came, as pure as the snows on Mount Hermon, rearing itself like a vision of clouds on the horizon. But he needed to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Just to help you understand a little bit of the context there, F.B. Meyer is not saying that in his baptism he was made sin for us, but he's saying that one day there would be a day where he hung on the tree and willingly took your sin and my sin upon himself, on his own body on the tree, as 1 Peter 2.24 clearly states, by whose stripes ye were healed. Praise God. God identified with you. As we looked at this morning, the majesty of our Creator, that he would identify with us. The significance of Jesus' baptism is that he identified with us and he fulfilled prophecy. The second thing I want us to look at tonight in the Gospel of Mark as we go back there, Mark chapter 1 and verse 10, we see the affirmation of the Holy Spirit's presence. The affirmation of the Holy Spirit's presence. Mark chapter 1 verse 10, and straightway, that's a word that Mark uses a lot. He loves that, loves that word. And straightway, right away, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descended upon him. I don't know what this... The, it says it was like a dove. That's, that's, all, that's the best I can tell you. And it, it was for all to see. Everyone witnessed. Everyone that was there witnessed it. It was the Spirit's presence. But it wasn't just his presence, it was his abiding presence. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 32. This is John's own testimony that we just read a moment ago. But as John is watching this, he's just baptized Jesus, the one whose latchet, the latchet of his shoes, he's not even, he, he says he's not, he's not able, he's not worthy to unloose. And here he's just baptized him, and he says in verse 32 of John chapter 1, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Miracle of miracles. That God, the Holy Spirit, would not just identify with us, but would dwell within us, that would abide within us. Jesus, in human form, depended on the Holy Spirit's power, just as we do today. 
And we'll see that as we go into, into Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. But we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. If you're a believer tonight, you have the Holy Spirit's abiding presence. And, and the abiding presence of, uh, that's the abiding presence of the Comforter. The Bible is clear that we can quench the Spirit. And when we're disobedient, we can quench the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And one of the prominent ways we do that is by allowing the thoughts of others to be more important than the words of Jesus Christ. When we allow the thoughts of others to be more important than what God says we should do. We allow ourselves to be bound with insecurity towards what other people might think of us or what we, can, what we imagine in our minds that they are thinking of us. That's insecurity. And instead of following God's truth and allowing Him to define who we are, we allow their thoughts to define who we are, and we are not able to truly identify with Christ like we should. We, we allow insecurity to do that. But we can be freed. Being freed from that takes dependence on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's abiding presence in our life. We need to be dependent on Christ. We need to trust Christ. When we go to the source of truth, God's Word, the Spirit then can do what? He can guide us into all truth. Every single time, if you're fearful, saying, I don't, I don't know what that person's going to think if I go knock on their door and give them the gospel. They'd probably blow me off. You can allow that, you can allow that person's probable thoughts to define who you are and who God says you are in Christ. You can allow their probable thoughts to define what you do, or you can allow God's Word to define who you are and what you do. You can allow God's Word and His abiding presence and the comfort of the Holy Spirit to remind you that for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. And so when we realize that truth and we speak truth to ourselves, when we preach truth to ourselves, we are reminding ourselves of who we are in Christ the insecurity has to flee. The insecurity has to go away, and we are then able to identify with Christ properly because we're depending on Him. We're depending on Him and what he, who He said we are in Him. And that's only one example of, of many Bible verses that you could use when it comes to speaking truth to yourself. But you have the affirmation of the Holy Spirit's presence on Jesus who identified with us. But then lastly, we see the affirmation of the Father's pleasure. The affirmation of the Father's pleasure. And uh, oftentimes I, I, I see how important this is even in my own life as a father and, and affirming my sons. Of saying, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with you. I'm proud of you. And it can be a great teacher to us that way. But read verse 11 of Mark chapter 1 says, And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The last part of the Matthew account also speaks to this. 
of Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. There was a voice from heaven, audible voice, that everyone could hear, just like the dove everyone could see. At that point, the Father knew that this, is, this was a key moment, really the kickoff of Christ's ministry, this step of obedience and surrender to the Father's plan, this voice from heaven coming, affirming the Father's pleasure. But not just that, confirming the Son's identity. Look at that last phrase. This is my beloved Son. He is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Don't ever get over that. He confirmed Jesus' identity as the Son of God. What a joy that must have been for John the Baptist as well. Not just that he's here. He sees the Lamb of God. He knows that his time is waning, that it's his time to decrease and Christ's time to increase. He knows that Christ is coming on the scene and his ministry is really coming to an end as he points other people, go follow Jesus. But here it must have been such a joy. John had used his voice as the forerunner to proclaim Christ's identity. And now God's voice affirms that. And when God says something, it's always true. It's, what an amazing moment that must have been. It pleased the Father when Christ was dependent on, on his Father's will and plan and identified with us in our sin. It pleased God. And it pleases God today when a believer in dependence on the Holy Spirit our comforter, the one who guides us into all truth, when a believer is dependent on him to daily identify with Christ. By faith, we can please him too. By faith, we can hear that well done, thou good and faithful servant. Christ identified with you. May we consider these key truths these key identification truths and choose to live by faith dependence on him so that we can allow Christ to work in our lives, allow him to cut out the insecurity that will kill us so that we can truly identify with Christ.